Now this morning, again, I'd like to pick up on David's life and what David teaches us concerning reaching out to the Lord because he was called a man after God's own heart. The last week, when I, the last time I spoke to you, I talked about David teaching us on the simplicity of prayer, on simplicity of prayer. Prayer is, is not, you know, it's not a dream. It is not something that you just wish for or hope that things would happen. Because when we pray, we touch heaven and change earth. Circumstances begin to change because we have a God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. So God, we are touching God. So prayer is not a dream. Somebody said prayer is also not a scheme. It is not something that you, you know, try to manipulate God to do certain things for you. Because God really desires to bless us. He created us so that we could enjoy Him and enjoy loving Him and He loving on us. Come on, amen. Amen? All right. So, but prayer, David taught us a very simple thing, that prayer is basically a cry. Everyone can cry. You know, our prayer is not based on the number of hours we spend or uh, the vocabulary that we have. Prayer is basically just a cry from our hearts. Every child, every baby understands this. When a baby cries, they get attention. Come on, amen. And when we cry as his children, when we cry out to him, God remembers us that we are but uh, dust, the Bible says. And so, you know, he knows our weaknesses. And, and what he expects from us is just to cry out to him. You don't have to have, I always say this, you don't have to have, you know, good vocabulary. You don't have to have nice words to say. If you could just bear your heart to him and cry out to him, he is near to everyone who draws close to him. Come on, amen. And we draw near by the cries of our heart. God looks on the heart. Come on. He's not listening for fine words. He's looking at our heart. And when we hurt, you know, one of the things that uh, really struck me was earlier, you know, in the book of Exodus chapter 2, what happens is that it says the children of Israel were going through a bond, they, under their bondage. They were sighing, groaning, and they were weeping. They were basically crying. They were not crying to God because they didn't know God. God was absent for nearly 400 years. God was absent. So they didn't know God. That's why Moses said, when I go back to them, who do I say uh, is the one who has sent me? They didn't know this God. So they were just crying. And their cry, it says, came up to God. God heard their cry. They were not even crying to him. They were just crying. And God heard the cry of our heart. How much more you and me when we just cry out to God? Crying is a very simple thing. That's why I talk about, this. David teaches us the simplicity of prayer. Just to cry out to him. Bear your hearts before him. Come on, say amen. Anyone can cry. Everyone should cry when they are in pain and when they are going through struggles. God hears our cries. Say amen. But this morning I want to talk about God, uh, David teaching us on the simplicity of faith. Now when we talk about faith, sometimes you know, we've got big lessons on faith, which is wonderful. And uh, we were in the conference and a lot of things were shared concerning faith. But David makes it very simple. One of the things he says is this. Psalm 27 and verse 13. This is what David said. I would have lost heart unless 
I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Read that with me one more time. Everybody, let's go. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now, this morning, I'd like to just uh, bring, bring us focus in on just that one aspect. Not faith for great things or mountain-moving faith and all of that. Just focus on this one thing. David went through life because he focused on one thing, the goodness of the Lord. If we can just believe that God is good. God is good. And all the time. Yeah, that, that's a phrase that we use very regularly, but, but it, it must sink deep within our hearts. We must realize that God is a good God. He is good. Come on. And His mercy endures forever. That's what they would always praise God with. The early uh, Israelites, whenever they sang praises, they would always start with this. For the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. There's no stopping to the goodness and the mercies of God. So David had gone through many things, but he said, no, I would have fainted. The word is, I would have fainted. I would have grown weak. I would have collapsed unless I, you know, I just had to believe that God was good. And when I focused on the goodness of God, I found strength. I would have fainted. But now, I would, I, unless I believe that I would see the goodness of the Lord. I would have fainted unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So one of the first things I'd like to share with you is this. You know, the key thought is, I had believed. I had believed. I believe. And I pray that by the time you finish this meeting, you would go out saying, no matter what happens, I will believe in the goodness of the Lord. For I know that all things work together, come on, for good, because we have a good God. Amen. So the first thing I'd like to share with you is that we begin to have confidence when we trust in the goodness of the Lord. Our confidence increases. As you begin to look into the Word itself, you will discover that God, all through the Scriptures, faith begins to help us to see that God has been very good to His people, in spite of. Amen? You know, whenever I pray, I would say, Lord, in spite of me. In spite of what we are going through, in spite of anything that's happening, God, I believe in your goodness. I trust that you are good, that you are working all things for good. So the, the thing is, we begin to have confidence in that God is still a good God. Amen. Now this is what he says in Psalm 30, uh, 73, verse 1, verse 2. Verse, yeah, let me read it quickly to you. Truly God is good to Israel. To such as our pure heart, but as for me, my feet had almost stumbled, my steps had nearly slipped. In spite of all that I'm going through, God is still good. In spite of what uh, the nation of Israel has done, you know, God is still good. Now, please, when we talk about Israel, let's not get sentimental, okay? Israel is just another group of people that, that you know, God blessed. Yes, it's true, but they are not just 
the chosen ones of God, you and I are. The people who have received Jesus as their personal Savior, as the Messiah, they now become the actual sons and daughters of God. So if a Jew comes to the Lord, then they become a child of God. They come through the same way you and I come through, and that is through Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? Whether Jew or non-Jew, doesn't matter. Okay? So don't get very sentimental when you talk. Some people get very sentimental. They're waiting for the temple to be built. No more temple. Whether they build or they don't build. Doesn't matter because Jesus was the temple. He stood in the temple, chased out the money changers, and he said, now, if you destroy this temple, in three days I will raise it up again. The temple is no more. They can keep building whatever temple they want to, but that's not it. Christians don't wait for the rebuilding of the temple because we now worship God in spirit and in truth. And we can worship him anywhere. We don't need a temple. Say amen. Okay, because sometimes, you know, Christians get very caught up and, and, and they want this whole Jewish thing uh, back into the church. That's not what God is asking us to do. That's what Paul fought against. Okay, all right. Just, just to clear the air concerning some people who get very sentimental about all this kind of stuff. All right, let's get back to the word where it says God is good. God is forever good. Now, in the meantime, God is good, but we also have Periods where we go through much testings, much trials in our life. Sometimes it's sickness, sometimes it's uh, certain problems within the, within the family, sometimes it's financial situations, whatever it may be, we go through some real testings uh, to our faith. But this is what the Bible says, as a believer, how do we look at these things? First Peter 1.7, the trial of your faith is more precious than gold. So whatever God is doing, He's producing something good in all of us. We need to know this because the Christian is not exempted from troubles. But in the troubles, we need to see that God is actually accomplishing certain things in our lives. Isaiah chapter 50 verse 10. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys His servant? If such men walk in darkness without one ray of light, let them trust in the Lord. Let them rely upon their God. Now, one of the scriptures that we like to use is Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Everybody know that one? Okay, what does it say? For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Now, this is what I'm, we are talking about. Having faith in the goodness of God will bring confidence into our lives, all right? I know the plans that I have for you. Who's saying it? Declares the Lord. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Listen to what the message translation says. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. The plans that I have are plans to take care of you. Never abandon you. Not to harm you, not to hurt you. And it seems like, you know, as if the plans... Why does he say that? Because sometimes the plans that God has for us and when we go through life, we think, why is God doing this to me? But God is saying, listen, I'm not trying to hurt you in any way. You need to understand that whatever you're going through, there is a good ending to it. You will come out of it well. You're going to come out of it strong because of this. God has plans. God has plans for individuals. 
For I know the plans that I have for you as an individual. God knows the plans and only He knows the plans. The plans are good plans, plans to prosper you. That is why it gives us confidence to give me a good future. Come on. This is the plans of God. Whatever I'm going through, I trust God is a good God. Therefore, His plans are good plans and that the ending that He has for me is good. So the Bible says this, He who began a good work in you, not just a work, but a good work in you will make sure that the work is complete. God doesn't stop halfway. If He began a good work in us, He will make sure that the good work is complete. Now we also not only have confidence, but you and I can experience the goodness of God. Come on. We can experience it. Uh, when I had the heart attack and went for a checkup, the doctor gave me an appointment and they, they didn't even check me. They, I mean, after all the tests and everything, they said, okay, appointment to meet the doctor in October, in November. Appointment, government hospital, November. So I came back. This was in May, end of May. So I told the family, okay, you've got an appointment. Oh, no, 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 no. How can, how can? Head half, I'll take them, go straight away. No. Thank God, church board said, okay, go ahead, go, go, private hospital, get it done. Don't go, government hospital, get it done quickly, pastor, get it done quickly. And uh, Nita also was very worried because she said, I don't want anything to happen to you because I want you to walk me down the aisle. <laughs> okay, I can't have, how can, if anything happens to Papa, how can? He must walk me down the aisle. So, okay. Now, it's an amazing thing that I had the operation, everything done, come out of it smelling like a rose, uh, able to walk her down the aisle. Everything that happened, the operation, everything happened months before the wedding. So three weeks ago, is it three weeks ago? You all remember the date? Two weeks ago. Okay. John, John says two weeks. Can you all make sure? Yeah, see, yeah. See, see. Don't you know I told you at the wedding, she is always right. <laughs> okay, so anyway, three weeks ago, we are going to Punjab. And uh, Anna Wensi has also registered to go to Punjab. A couple of weeks ago, days ago, last week only. All right, her son, very serious condition, admitted to the hospital. Went through it all. Now he came out, he's all well. Can you imagine if she had gone to Punjab and the incident took place? So she has experienced the goodness of God. But this morning, I'd like to, to hear personally how good the Lord is. Brother Lingam, would you come up? Let's welcome him. Uh, good morning, church. Um, this is my personal testimony about my liver. Uh, I, used to, I go for regular medical checkup, and last year, October, from, I went to BP to do my uh, medical checkup. They did the ultra scan of the liver, 
and found that I have early stages of cirrhosis. Could be uh, fibrosis or cirrhosis. They immediately recommended that I go and see a liver specialist. So I went and saw a liver specialist in uh, Pantai. And the liver specialist, and they did another ultrasound and confirmed that uh, I'm, I had early stages of cirrhosis. So when you, I Google up early stages of cirrhosis, I didn't tell this to my wife. The lifespan is about 9 to 10 years. So, uh, so that is the lifespan of uh, people who get cirrhosis. And it's very difficult to cure cirrhosis because the liver has basically hardened. Two causes. One could be the liver uh, alcohol consumption. Another could be uh, effect from the cholesterol pill. So both could be, but, but the doctor suspected that I could have adverse effect from the cholesterol pills. So heart stop on everything, no alcohol, no uh, medication, no cholesterol pill, nothing, no supplement, nothing, zero, except just medication for the liver, which he gave a strong dosage, and for my pressure and uh, diabetic. That's all I took for the last years, and seriously, from the day, from the day I was diagnosed till now, I have not touched a drop of alcohol. So, so I didn't touch alcohol, but I very strictly followed the, uh, the doctor's advice. And I've been going every two months for my liver checkup. Everything was coming down nicely. The, there's a, four liver enzymes, all were elevated. And one of these is called GD, GGT. And usually should be below 75. My reading in October was 450. So it was that high, you know. So, so say, okay, let's go, go on the medication. And it started coming down gradually, and in somewhere in May this year, everything stopped. The, it stopped at 280, and it refused to come down below 280. So doctor said, okay, don't know, never mind, let's do uh, another test two months later. Every, every two months I go. July, I went again, but this time he said, I will do another test that's called um, uh, liver, liver uh, you know, the, for cancer markers, cancer markers to check on your cancer and also why I don't understand why your uh, enzymes are not coming down. So I did that in July and uh, the cancer marker was showing very high. I had 19, the range should be below 9 and my reading was 19 and my, uh, the, the DGT did not go down. I said, let me check again. I am, don't know why. The ultrasound, did not show, the ultrasound did not show that. So I did another test in uh, August. And same thing, the liver and uh, liver markers was high and GGT was high. And she uh, said, no mind, I have to refer you in October. Let's do a full MRI to see what's wrong. So while uh, coming back from hospital, my dear wife said, hey, why not you ask for divine help? Why not you pray and ask the Lord for help? So, because uh, yes, we pray, but not that serious. I would not say that serious. She prays very seriously, okay? <laughs> so then, uh, at home that day, it happened on August 18. That night, a clear direction came to me. I heard pastor's uh, sermon saying, God is free. Why not you ask for divine intervention? That keep on running in my mind, no. God is free. Why not you ask for divine intervention? Then August 19, the next day, immediately we started praying and reading the Bible. My wife was reading uh, the verses in the scriptures in John. 
we started continuing from the uh, John, and then we are now in the X ray. So I've, we read every day after dinner, and we pray every day. Okay, so this has been going on from from August onwards. Okay, sometime in early October this year, because I was supposed to go for MRI this week. Actually, I went for my MRI this week. Sometime in uh, early uh, October, early in the morning, it's some sort of like a, a dream or a vision, I do not know. I was actually praying, uh, you know, the Buddha's pose with the legs all crossed and all that, I was praying, and somebody lifted me up, lifted me up and uh, carried me about quite a distance and put me in front of a building and a very audible voice said, you are healed. So that, I, was, I, I thought it was a dream. And then I shared, a few days later, I shared with my I said, why you are such a thing? Why you never share with me? You are healed. You, know? you, are, you have faith. You are healed. And okay, we went through. And then this week, Thursday, I went for my MRI. And uh, I just shared the report to Dr. Chin. No liver cancer. No liver masses. No, everything has been cleared completely. So, how that happened is only with the divine intervention. Because if you read all the internet, you will see that liver cirrhosis is very difficult to heal. Unless you had the divine intervention, it's impossible to heal. Thank you, Jonathan, for praying for me last Sunday on my liver to heal, okay? Thank you, Jonathan. And above all, I would like to thank my wife who went through this ordeal for the last whole year staying with me, thinking that your husband has liver cancer and all that. Thank you, wife, for what, standing strong with me. <laughs> Thank you. I had believed I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You can experience the Lord. So David says in Psalm 27, 13, and now in Psalm 46 and verse 1, he says, God is our refuge, our strength, a very present help. Psalm 34, verse 8, O taste and see that the Lord is good. You can experience the goodness of God. God wants his good. God is not just good for the sake of being good. He's good because he wants us to understand that he is a good God. It's no point we have a God who just sits up there and we all say God is good, God is good, and he never lets us experience his goodness. So you and I can testify to the fact that God is really a good God. And if you have not experienced the goodness of God, I pray that this morning you will allow him to touch you and do something good for you so that you can say beyond the shadow of doubt, God is good. He is good. Amen. Now, also, just one more thought before we close, that we, we, we can be sustained by the goodness of God. David said that. He said, you know, I would have gone, I would have fainted, but I was sustained by the goodness of God. God has sustained me. You know, when I went for the checkup, you know, of course, we did it in the government hospital eventually. Thank God for the arrangement. Sister Christine's uh, son uh, allowed us to get a quick, appointment. I went in for the appointment. And then when the doctor said, you've got to do surgery, open heart surgery, I just said, fine. You know why? I just agreed to it completely because some of them said, no, 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 you know, we don't want to do this. Can we just take medication? It's a very, uh, many people pull out. But the reason why I said, okay, was number one, 
It was a government hospital. So those guys are not going to make money from me. Private hospital, when they say cut, you better think again. True or not? You go to SJMC, first thing they say what? Must operate. Straight away. Remember when Ita was young, went to the hospital, doctor press, press, press her stomach, said, oh, she got appendix, must operate. Pain or not? Ask her. She said, pain. Ah, oh, see, pain. Later we ask her, why pain? She said, because the doctor pressed what? <laughs> Following day, the other doctor came and checked, found out no appendix. But straight away, must operate. So this government hospital, I know, I trusted in the fact that they wanted the best for me. So I submitted to it. In the same manner, when God does certain things for us, submit to it. You will be sustained by the goodness. See, if you believe that God is good, then you know that whatever you're going through, it's all right. It's all right. You may go through a little bit of a tough time, but it's all right. Because the end result will prove that God is really good. And I can testify that God is a good God. It is His goodness that has sustained me throughout my entire life. Because God is a good God. Amen? Romans 8.28, we know that one. That I know that all things are working together for my good. I know that the plans that God has for me is to take care of me. Not to destroy me, not to harm me. For God is a good God. And I pray that you and I, it's a very simple message. So David teaches us this. He says, you know, I just trust in the goodness of God. I'm not talking about great faith to believe for this and believe for that. I know that God is good. And whatever God does in my life is good. And that he will not withhold any good thing from me. That when, when I have needs to be met, he will meet my need. He will not withhold anything from me because he's a good God. All good and perfect gifts come from the Father above. See, everything that has to do with God is good. All good and perfect gifts come from the Father above. Amen? Huh? Can you trust God? Can you say, Lord, I believe I, I don't, the pain that I'm going through, the suffering I'm going through, I don't understand this, but I want to experience this morning your goodness. And let God do something good for you today. Amen. Stand with me. Let's stand together.